0: Welcome to On Texas Football, it's Lunch with the Coach. Uh, coach Brian Irwin, two-time state championship high school football coach, uh, joins us every Monday uh, for Lunch with the Coach. Uh, in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what went wrong in Stillwater, uh, what coach thinks that uh, the Longhorns need to work on, uh, and maybe some of the reasons why things did go wrong. Uh, welcome in, Brian. How you doing today, bud?
1: Doing good, Bobby. How you doing?
0: Good. Hey, let, let's start, uh, you know, you and I were talking about what we wanted to, this episode to, to sound like and talk about, et cetera, today. Uh, and you really wanted to start uh, with something that I thought was very interesting. And that was, you know, shooting yourselves in the foot. Um, yeah. For lack of a better term, right? Yeah. Uh, explain to the folks out there what you told me earlier
1: uh, earlier today.
0: Uh, and I think it's really, really interesting. Uh, give this a good listen,
1: folks. Okay, I, you know, football is is, We've always heard it's a game of inches, and it really is. The margin for error is so small to be a winning football team, a championship football team. Uh, It's just such a small margin. And you look at it, and we go into this thing, and and we commit 14 penalties for roughly 120 yards. We know there's some hidden yards in there that's additional to that. You know, Quinn's run of 30 yards or so. I, I tacked on another 50 yards of hidden yards, probably more probably 75 to hundred yards of, of hidden yardage in there. But so that that's 170 yards that penalties backed us up, hurt us and, and uh, created a situation where they run 98 plays, We run 81 and um, you, you look at the, the penalty yardage differential. And then you look at the 17 play differential. They average 5.5 yards per play. You multiply 5.5 times an extra 17 plays, and that comes out to roughly 94 yards. You had 94 to the 170 penalty and hidden penalty yardage. You're looking at 265 yards in a difference before you really even kick off. You know, it's it's like, all right, we're, we're going to go, we're going to start outside the stadium 170 yards away, and they're going to start 94 yards down the field on the six-yard line. So we've got this – huge disparity between us being minus 170 and then being plus 94, you know, with the 17 plays, 17 extra plays. So we, we understand the penalties and, and we understand penalty yards, what causes them, holding interference, jumping off sides, procedures. That's easy. Then so what, then what's causing the 17 extra plays, ep- extra opportunities that these guys are getting the missed tackles, the the third down efficiency. You know, we're three of 17. They're eight of 19. Um, So between third down efficiency or lack thereof, missed tackles. We lose the turnover margin, three to two. It's the run efficiency where, you know, we gain 100 yards on two plays, but we get another 100 yards in 30 plays. So our run efficiency is not where it needs to be. Therefore, we're not moving the chains. Therefore, we're not staying on the field. And they're getting those 17 extra plays. So we've got to look at what's contributing to the 17 extra plays, what's contributing to the penalties. But either way, you've got this huge – instead of a game of inches, we've got this massive yardage differential to start with. And um, it's critical. I mean, it's a game of inches. We, we, we've we got to convince these these kids. It is – the margin for error is so small that, you know, you look at it in 265-yard differential, we really don't have a chance. You know, Um other than the fact that, golly, I mean, if you'd have told me special team wise, we would have done what we did special teams wise. I mean, we were special. Jeff Banks, hats off. I mean, the, the dude can coach. Uh, the the kids believe they're bought into what we're doing in the special teams. But you know, a big punt return, a big kick uh, off return, we get a block punt, we pin a punt inside the half yard line. Uh, we're getting all kinds of yardage and in and, and points there. Um, just by outstanding and spectacular special teams play. But to me, the the big thing is, is, is looking at, A, the penalties, 14 to zero, the 170 yards there, 120 plus some hidden yardage, and then what's causing us to only get, you know, 81 plays versus their 98. And it's just us beating ourselves with missed tackles, lack of third down efficiency, turnovers, and lack of run efficiency.
0: Got it. Uh, All right. uh, Lunch with the Coach is brought to you by accomplished Austin Realtor, uh, Laura Baker. Laura and the Andy Allen team at Keller Williams can handle all of your real estate needs in the Austin area. Laura is not only a diehard Longhorn fan, but a longtime Austin real estate professional. Uh, Give Laura a chance. Laura at AndyAllenTeam.com if you're moving to or within uh, Austin um, or surrounding areas. Uh, You know, we talk about this. Brian and, and I wanted to ask you that question to start, and the reason why is really really simple. Um, sometimes uh, people don't understand exactly why you bemoan a, a miss or, or how even missed tackles happen or third mm-hmm. down. What's the what's the ultimate effect of all of these penalty yardage and all of the uh, all of the other things that go into this? Uh, the Texas defense played pretty well at times on Saturday. Mm-hmm. but they didn't play well often enough, and they certainly didn't play a clean game, uh,
1: right. but
0: neither team did. Um, the next thing I want to ask you about, and I and to get your feeling on this, we talked about it a week ago, and it was Quinn Ewer's maturation. Uh, seeing a defense a week ago he had never seen before, you mm-hmm. don't rush three and drop eight in high school football most likely. Right? right. He, right. he didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not... Uh, this week, it looked like they rushed three, dropped eight a lot, and then also bracketed Xavier Worthy. That's another mm-hmm. thing you don't see a lot in high school right. football, mm-hmm. yet he still forced it into Worthy.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: of, I think it was either 16 or 20 targets of his 49 passes were to Xavier Worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was forcing that in, no, no question, at some level. You know, when can Texas fans reasonably expect Quinn Ewer's to understand what he's seeing with all these new looks that he's Mm going to get because he's only a freshman. Mm -hmm. When, when can you see a a maturation process? Did you see any of that as the game went on on Saturday? What are your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I saw a little bit of it, especially at the end when, you know, we were started, we were very effective throwing the ball in the middle down the field to Jatavian. Um, you know, he, he just, he's got to feel like he's got more weapons than just, um, Xavier, uh, he, he's got to be able to get the ball to his big tight ends. Uh, we got to be able to get the space, get the ball in space to Jordan Whittington. Um, Brennan Thompson made a nice play. You know, good for him, and and he's he, that's a that's a big time play by him. And um, you know, Quinn's just got to believe in in getting the ball where it needs to go, based on the look. We can't force it into bracket or double coverage, and and we can depend on other guys to make plays because we do have other playmakers.
0: Yeah, is that. So, so take me through that process, though, right? Because you're on the sidelines with him, talking to him, or on the headsets with him as a coach. What are you saying to him as you're seeing this transpire on the field?
1: Take what they give you, period. Take what they give you. Um, it's that simple. If they're not giving you Xavier, you take what they get and who they give you. They give you Bijan in the passing game. If they give you Jordan, if they give you Billingsley, if they give you just – Jatavian, you take what they give you and we don't force the issue. You know, we can force the ball to Xavier with screens, reverses, quick tight plays. We, we can get it in his hands, jet sweeps, things like that. We can, we can get it in his hands when we want to, when we have to. If he hadn't gotten a touch in, in eight plays, all right, let's go to the script. Let's go to the Xavier script and let's get him the ball. But in, when it comes to drop back passing game, we're running rock concepts. Take what they give you.
0: So, so I'm thinking about this as I, as, as I think through this and you're seeing it transpire uh, on TV, not, mm-hmm. you're not on the headsets, right. so you're watching it like, like most everybody else. Um, you know, what are you saying during the middle of that game while people are pulling their hair, hair out uh, because they're not moving the ball in the third quarter? Uh, Quinn continues to try to go downfield in, a, in what looks like a pretty heavy win. Uh, mm-hmm. What, what are you trying to say and in, 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 thinking about as that, as that happens?
1: I'm thinking let's, let's execute and let's just make plays. You know, make plays. Make the throw. Take what they give you. Um, you know, whoever got the ball in their hands, let, let's make a play. Um, we've we, we got to use the advantage that we've got. We had a 14-point lead at one time, 10-point lead at other times. We were in control of the football game, you know, pretty much all day. Go win the game. Go dominate. Make plays and go win the dang game. Um, and that's what, it that's simply what it comes down to.
0: Let me ask you this. I, 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 uh, talking with Brian Irwin lunch with the coach, um, I've mentioned that you're looking at a fourth year starter at quarterback at Oklahoma state mm-hmm. and a first year starter at quarterback at Texas. Mm-hmm. Now Quinn Ewers may end up being a, you know, first round pick, but that experience matters. It does. And how, so how do you take that and, um, not necessarily temper expectations for Texas fans or anybody really. What what's the value that should be placed on those expectations? Or on the on the on that experience, excuse me.
1: Yeah, it's it's the value is incredible. I mean what Spencer Sanders has seen uh over four years, uh, he's seen a lot. You know, he he's been banged up, he's competed, he's always played well against Texas. I remember when he was a freshman, he just we could tackle him. You know, and um, the, the experience factor is huge value. We You'd like to think that you can overcome it. You'd like to think, okay, then then if, if he's got the experience, let's go dominate the kicking game. Let's go dominate the special teams. We did. That's how we win this, this football game. But then we shoot ourselves in the foot with 14 penalties and the other factors that played into us not being able to get off the field and them being able to stay onto the field. So, um you overcome those things where they have the advantage. Uh, you, 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 you build a game plan. You go execute in other areas in which you can still win the football game by being outstanding in the kicking game, being outstanding running the football, be outstanding stopping the run. That's who we are. At this point in time, that's what I would be tell- selling this football team on. We're great in the kicking game. And I'm talking about overall. I'm not talking about we've got the best kicker in the country. I'm saying we've got a great special teams unit. We can run the football. We got two of the best backs in the country. The offensive line is doing an adequate job. We can stop the run. That's who we are, and and let's go win. Let's go win this next football game. Hang our hats on those three things. Yeah, we get we're gonna get some yardage in the passing game. Uh, that's just gonna be plus yardage. But we, we've got to establish our identity at this stage of the, of the season and hang our hat on that identity and go win the football game based on those strengths.
0: I've got a question for you. Um, you Texas have one nice drive going in the second half, uh, fourth quarter, uh, tie ball game. They're they're trying to take it down. They're having some success in the run game. Uh, Bijan goes. They're in they're in uh, plus territory in, in Oklahoma State side of the ball mm-hmm. or side of the field. Bijan goes for uh, three yards on a first and ten. Mm-hmm. Two straight passes, incomplete. One uh, just you know fades away a little bit, and Xavier. Uh, worthy, it looked like he got the uh, – he may have gotten the turf monster a little bit. Yeah. Caught him up. Pretty uh, good out ball,
1: pass. It was a good it, ball. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. It, it was not – it was It was right there. I mean, yeah. it, again, game of inches, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the pass to Keelan Robinson on the out also. What In retrospect, are you saying run the ball there? I mean, because you had gotten to that point, even though it was first and seven – or first and ten, and you see the – and the, the Bijan, Bijan got – a three-yard gain. Uh, are you saying run the ball there? Uh, even though I guess Jaleel Billingsley did get a 20-yard catch in that one. So um, they, they had seen some success at that point throwing the ball.
1: I, I, you know, I, it, it goes kind of back to the Iowa State game. That's 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 how we won it at the end. You know, that's who we were. That was our identity. And that's how we went and got it done. Um, I would like to think that Sark, He's calling plays he thinks will work. Let's go. If it's a, if it's a pass, fine. Let's execute the pass. Let's let's complete it. I don't think you get into criticizing play calling. I mean, I think I think I think the play call was fine. Um, you, you, it's a, it's easy to come back afterwards and say, ah so should we? have, You know, should we have run it?" Well, yeah. Now that you know we're we're here Monday and we got beat, uh, yeah, we should have run the football. You know, but. My gosh, we can't we can't nitpick him and his play calling uh, like that. I, I think it just comes down to execute the play that's called, and uh, we got to create this like it's a game of inches, and the margin for error is very very small. And we got to quit shooting ourselves in the foot. We got to quit. Texas has to quit beating Texas, and Texas is beating Texas. Oklahoma State didn't beat Texas. Texas beat Texas.
0: Yeah, that's right. that's well put, and I think people are gonna need a are, are gonna want to hear that. Um. It, and you say that, and I, I'm just thinking, here it is Monday morning as we uh, talk about this stuff. And uh, it's called Monday morning quarterback for a reason, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it, everything's hindsight is 2020, uh, Brian. Yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> we all know. Uh, let, let's flip the other side uh, the defense. Uh, talk about uh, the Longhorn defense a little bit. Um, a week ago against Iowa State, it was a MASH unit, uh, and they got lit up. Uh, I thought they played better on Saturday mm-hmm. uh, on the whole but still had some problems when the injury bug hit again. Uh, Jaron yeah. Thompson uh, was out for a little bit. Uh, Anthony Cook, it looks like he broke his arm and could be gone for a while. His replacement, Keaton Crawford, looked good in run support but not good in uh, pass defense. Ryan mm-hmm. Watts left the game with a hamstring. Uh, Deshaun Jamison uh, had an up-and-down day as well, a couple of yeah. uh, PIs and a big big pass down the field against him. Um Putting that all together, uh, I, I felt like the Longhorns actually, the defense played well enough to win in spots, mm-hmm. especially there in the third quarter. Um, but at the end of the day, 41 points is 41 points. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
1: Yeah, it it is. I feel like we got better pressure on the quarterback. We hit Sanders a ton. Uh, I think we affected him. He made some great throws. They made some great catches. But the missed tackles is what stands out. I mean... We hadn't seen that all year. You know, we we've we we hit them, we tackle them, we take them to the ground, and that's pretty much been the story of the season. And it seems like the other day we missed a tackle and they go for, you know, 30 yards. You know, missed tackle, they go for 10 more yards. Um, and so the yards after the catch was just devastating. And um that that really kind of broke our will, you know, I believe defensively. We started losing some confidence because of the missed tackles and the very explosive plays after the missed tackle, uh, something we couldn't overcome. Yeah, none more
0: costly than the missed tackle by Deshaun Jameson on on a a slant route that it it looked Mm -hmm. like he had the guy grasped around the waist and just fell off of him. Jaron Thompson was right there that could have cleaned it up, it looked like, but kind of shied away. Yeah. Um, You know, I I look at this, and I felt like Texas did some good things on defense, uh, particularly up front. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again – um, you know they had some problems on third down. They had some problems uh, covering the middle of the field, in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things Rod Babers brought up in post game uh, show that I wanted to ask you about, Brian, he's surprised that Texas doesn't play more inside leverage in a game like that where the wind is a factor to the outside the hashes, in particular. No, mm-hmm. Neither player, neither player, neither Quinn nor. Uh, Spencer Sanders looked good outside the hashes on mm-hmm. Saturday. Um, he was surprised Texas didn't play with a little more inside leverage. What What do you have to say with that, or about that?
1: You know, if it's if it's if it's zone, typically you're playing uh, outside leverage outside. You know, backers are have inside leverage on slot receivers. Um, if it's man free, typically your outside corners are playing inside leverage, but your your inside defenders on the slots they play outside leverage, um, what we call Mick and Mock, you know, man inside coverage or man outside coverage. So if I'm covering a slot and I'm a, I'm a nickelback, I'd usually play a little bit more outside leverage knowing I had some help inside with a linebacker. But that just depends. Are my linebackers blitzing or dogging and I'm losing them? If they're not there, then I do need to play inside. But if I've got linebacker help inside when we're in a man-free situation, I'll play outside leverage. So it just depends on what else is happening in the rest of the the integrity of the defense uh, as to whether you play inside or outside leverage uh on the slots. Well, how do you how Brian, the question I have
0: then is how does how do you dictate to the to the offense what you're gonna give them and what you're gonna make them do? Uh because uh Oklahoma State ran a lot of RPOs, uh yeah. and particularly it looked like the only thing that really Spencer Sanders had going with something over the middle of the field, mm-hmm. um, which obviously the the fake to the running back is going to pull those linebackers up. Yeah. So how do you how, how do you kind of dictate that he has to go and push the ball outside in a in a situation like that,
1: or or is it literally just a play call of the? Uh, it the, it uh, probably comes ball. down to playing more man coverage, um, and and playing true um, inside leverage man coverage, so that you know we're not giving them that free throw on that RPO slant. Um, you know, you cover the only reason they're throwing that slant because linebacker steps up on run safety's 10 to 12 yards deep. And you got that window in between. Right. Whereas if you're playing man covers, that 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 route's contested the entire way. And, you know, we're not a huge man coverage team. Um, but that I think that's your answer. If you want to take that away, you, you go play man free, get a little bit more aggressive. Got it. Um,
0: I'm going to ask our producer, Matt Hutchison, to put up the stats, the defensive stats. Uh, I guess for the game. Uh, really uh, these are just the tackles, uh, what have you. I- I'm interested to see really also, and Matt, if you'll do this for us as well and put up the actual uh, uh, stats for uh, the game, like how many y- the yards per play stat for uh, uh, Oklahoma State uh, and that sort of thing. What I'm talking about here is uh, Texas, I thought limited the run again. Uh, for the most part they may mm-hmm. have popped off a couple actually i think the longest run from scrimmage was spencer sanders mm-hmm. um right uh but they still ran more plays than texas how how do you have a ball a better ball control offense when you throw more than you run
1: i mean because, because the rpo game was so effective and, and the rpo game is is just really an extension of your running game and uh it's such a controlled passing game it's 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 an extension of your running game. Usually, those throws are easy, whether they're bubbles, hitches, uh, slants over the middle. Um, it's a controlled passing, and it's the old, you know, Colt McCoy, you know, where he comes out of a game and he's ninety-eight percent completion percentage, and he's very, very good at the quick game, you know, quick stops, quick slants, quick fades, and the RPO stuff. So you're controlling the clock with whether you're running the football or, or throwing the RPOs. It's a ball control offense.
0: Gotcha. I'm looking at this and it's just, it's interesting to me because um, you really look at it and uh, Texas averaged 6.4 yards per rush compared to 3.6 mm-hmm. for Oklahoma state. Um, but still the, the Cowboys, uh, you know, I, I think it i think goes back to what you said at the very outside of this at lunch with the coach episode. And that's, it comes down to execution in crunch yeah. time. and It, come, it comes it- down to
1: execution. And if you look at the average yards per rush, they averaged three point six. You said we were six point four, but if you take out our two long runs, and you you take the remaining yardage, which was a uh, hundred and hundred and ten, I believe, um, we had one hundred ten yards on thirty carries. Outside of that, it's three point six yards per carry. I, I, I did that math. We 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 had the two long runs. I took those two out, and and once you take those two out, our actual yards per rush was three point six. Also. Gotcha. And I know they happened, you know, we can't take that away. They're big plays, you know, they're big explosives, great runs by Bijan, Rochon. We, we don't want to take them away. They're huge, but we want to have more consistency, more run efficiency down in and down out. Um, and then, yeah, you you combine that rushing yards per play along with uh, them controlling uh, the passing game with RPOs, then they are to play keep away. I want to come back with one more question.
0: First, I need to thank our advertiser. Laura Baker. Laura sponsors the uh, Lunch with the Coach for this season. Uh, She is an accomplished Austin realtor. Laura and the Andy Allen team at Keller Williams can handle all of your real estate needs in the Austin area. Laura is not only a diehard Longhorn fan, but a longtime Austin real estate expert. Um, Brian, the the question I had for you that, that I think a lot of people want to try to understand both Texas and Oklahoma State moved the ball pretty easily in the first half, the halftime score 31, 24. How do both teams only score three points really in the third quarter? Both offenses look like they're bogged down. Oklahoma state's come, comes to life in the fourth quarter. Really? Mm -hmm. How does that happen? How how do you see a game just turn on a dime like that, where both teams were scoring and then all of a sudden it becomes a defensive battle in the third quarter.
1: Sometimes there's games within the game. um, You know, You'll see games start out where, where a team, they go right down the field, you know, 10 play drive, 80 yards, make it look easy, and then they, they don't do it. The defenses start adjusting. The defenses, you know, now they know the snap count. Now they, they know the rhythm. Now they, you know, they, they, they've got somewhat of a, a formation and personnel tendency on them throughout the game. Defenses get more comfortable as the game goes on, um, but – at the end of the day, that question is very, very difficult to answer because um, you, you don't want to see it. It doesn't. It doesn't add up. I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100. percent You don't score 31 points in the first half and on your way to scoring 62 points and then score three points in the second half. That's that's not healthy.
0: Yeah. Period. Um, I I agree, and I think I think it goes back to some consistency issues that you talked about. Um, whether that's passing the ball with with yours, and learning uh, what it's all about right now because he had a strong first half against Iowa State if you remember the last last uh, mm-hmm. uh, the last second quarter of Iowa State he had a yeah. really good second quarter then comes out and and really doesn't play as well in the third quarter and finally uh, get some things going in the fourth quarter um, Texas has to react quicker to mm-hmm. those changes and they're, I think partially they're only going to do it as the quarterback Himself gets more experience. I want to end with this because I really do believe uh, we can talk about it until we're blue in the face. Yeah. Uh, but Texas was three of seventeen on third down and zero for two on fourth down. Yeah, that's three for nineteen on money downs. The Texas offense—they got to do better than that. Uh, some of that was because they were in third and long too often, because mm-hmm. of inconsistent run game,
1: because yeah. of uh, errant passes. Penalties, uh, etc. Yeah, penalties. You know, behind the behind the chains due to penalty yardage, things like that. Yep, and put putting the
0: opponent on in front of the pen in front of the chains with offside yes. calls. Yes. You know, or, yeah, or you know, bailing them out with a pass interference, etc. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, that's uh, that's this episode of Lunch with the Coach. It's not all doom and gloom. I want to say that I know some people well, are. Uh, and me and Brian, I, I think we both believe that uh, the best days are ahead of, of, of Texas football. They've got some pieces to the puzzle. They just got to put them all together and uh, get some W's. Uh, the offense is going to have to uh, really step up over the next few weeks as the defense tries to find some pieces to. Replace. I think.
1: I think Bobby, these are very exciting times. I really do. I mean, this is this is a critical, great off week, critical week, critical moment for this football team. They're they're at a crossroads here. Um, to get off week, get a chance to get healthy. We get a chance to get better. And we get a chance to go in and, and and play a very very important game against Kansas State. But I, I said, get healthy, get better. But my, my last point is get real. Who who are we? Let let's you know our leadership, the culture, the players. Let's get real. Who who is this team? And we're going to find out in two weeks. This is a very very critical point uh, for this team in this season. And um, our leadership is is going to show itself uh, when we get to that point.
0: All right, coach. I appreciate it. Uh, that's Brian Irwin, two-time state championship football coach uh, in the high school ranks in, in the Texas high school ranks at Lamarck High School. Uh, that's been this week's episode of Lunch with the Coach. Uh, Brian, I appreciate it. I'm Good Bobby up. Burton, and thanks for watching, everyone.